0: Um, pediatric contact dermatitis Uh, when I was training actually uh, this was not thought to be a thing could we turn the lights down a little bit Um, I feel like I'm being um, in an inquisition Um, so uh, pediatric contact dermatitis is definitely a thing and contact allergies can start very early you can have six month olds who develop contact allergies so not that it's super common at that age but it should be on your differential when you're seeing someone with really recalcitrant eczema or the brand new eczema at the weird age you want to think about contact dermatitis because it can be Um, relevant so um, I have no relevant conflicts of interest Um, I do a lot of patch testing in children Uh, we've developed our own tray that is um, uh, kind of our own what we think are the top 50 allergens in our area um, you want to kind of think about what you're patch testing to, and the bottom line about allergic contact dermatitis is if it's geometric, looks like it kind of came from the outside in a weird location, um, at starting at a weird age, super itchy, you want to think about contact dermatitis, uh, and um, kids are common culprits because they play with all sorts of stuff. So the first few slides of this, um, uh, actually, not, except for this one uh, were I reviewed yesterday. But uh, topical steroids, again, I'll just make a random note about topical steroids. So there are lotions, and foams, and oils, and creams, and gels, I think I named all the vehicles. And there are also ointments. Um, and I would just make a little plug for ointments uh, in terms of contact dermatitis. A gram of triamcinolone ointment contains triamcinolone, mineral oil, and white petrolatum. It's pretty hard to get allergic to any of those unless you're actually allergic to, to the triamcinolone itself. A gram of triamcinolone cream contains triamcinolone, glycerin, glycerol monosterate, isopropyl palmitate, polysorbate 60, propylene glycol, purified water, sorbic acid, and sorbitan monosterate. There are multiple things in there that you can get allergic to. So if you take people who have dermatitis, they have broken skin. If you put something on broken skin enough, you're just asking the body to get allergic to it. So not that you should never use creams or lotions, but understand that if you think someone might have contact dermatitis, or you're worried about kind of burning when you're putting on skin, definitely change to ointments, because ointments cause much less contact allergy because they just don't have all the extra ingredients in it. People will come to us all the time and they'll say, I'm allergic to topical steroids. And before kind of saying that that's extremely rare, which is true, it's not that rare to be allergic to propylene glycol. It's not that rare to be allergic to sorbitans. Uh, And those are kind of common ingredients that are put into um, other formulations. So ointments have the fewest ingredients. Um, the other thing is desoxymedazone, it's actually um, a little bit of a uh, um, change, but desoxymedazone and clocortylone pivolate are the two topical steroids that don't react with others. Mometazone actually does sometimes react with others, but desoxymedazone and clocortylone pivolate are in their own class. So if you're worried about topical steroid allergy, um, give someone desoxymedazone or clocortylone. um, unfortunately, I think only comes in a cream, but desoxymedazone comes in an ointment. All right, Um, so these slides I reviewed a little bit yesterday, but it is one of my favorite topics because we see this like three or four times a day, even if someone's coming in for something else. How many people have children from the age of like four to 14? Yeah, Okay. So for the rest of you, there's something called slime. And children play with it all the friggin' time. That was not a curse. I said the not curse word. Um, And uh, it's really annoying. So they mix all sorts of stuff together. They start with a big thing of Elmer's glue. And they mix a bunch of other stuff together. And they make something that they can play with. And kids get allergic to it all the time. And even though we talked about it a little bit yesterday, I think it's really, really high yield. Because you will definitely see this in practice. If you see a young child who comes in with brand new hand dermatitis. Think about slime. It is usually slime. Parents will say things like, oh, but they only play with it at birthday parties, which when you're five happen, like, apparently every week. Um, And essentially, uh, that's plenty. You only have to touch a contact allergen every couple of weeks to have the allergy the whole month. So um, you don't need to be uh, touching something every day. It doesn't need to be super consistent. Contact allergies, if you think about poison ivy, if you walk through the woods and you get poison ivy on your skin, you still have poison ivy a few weeks later um, from the allergen. So uh, um, slime is a very, contact, uh, very common and very emerging uh, form of contact dermatitis. Um, uh, and when you're doing patch testing you don't have to patch test the slime you can tell people just to stop using slime that's not gonna work though they're like addicted to it Um, and so it's really hard to get children to stop using slime our hospital had a slime event they took all the oncology patients of all patients they took the oncology patients and we're like we're gonna have them all play with slime and I was like they have enough problems Um, and The reality is that, uh, you know, people get contact dermatitis. Um, But if you are going to patch test them, there are some high-yield things to patch test, too. And they're mostly the things that you would think about um, uh, that people get allergic to. So there's propylene glycol in here. There's fragrances in here. There's methyl isothiazolanone. But another kind of word to the wise on patch testing, methyl and methyl isothiazolanone are the things that replaced formaldehyde as preservatives a few years ago. So originally, some very famous soap and um, uh, moisturizers had the word formaldehyde in them and then parents decided hey that's probably not okay um, and so big companies took out the word formaldehyde and they replaced it with um, other things and this is one of the things they replaced it with. This has now um, been limited in Europe because there's so much contact allergy to methyl and the problem is it gets underrepresented if you just test to the mixture. So this is a child that shows that perfectly. So she had a really bad slime dermatitis on her hands. We patch tested her. Um, And when we patch test people, uh, we put on the combination of MCI-MI, which I think is allergen number two. And the combination showed um, was not positive. So when we put on a little bit of the combination of the two uh, different preservatives on there, it was not positive. But when we put on the methyl isothiazolinone alone at a little higher concentration, it was glaringly positive. So if you're going to do patch testing or if you have patch test wells that aren't just the regular true test, definitely consider getting methyl isothiazolinone at a little higher concentration. This is one of the most common things for people to be allergic to, really, really high yield, especially with slime um so we look back through kind of what people put into slime dermatitis this was one of the original reports from columbia Um, and the reality is people put all sorts of random stuff in there. So these are ingredients that you get from Google. Um, People put borax in there. They put contact lens solution, glues, soaps, and just as a kind of poison control thing, if you're five years old and you've learned that you can put all of this random stuff into a bowl and mix it together, there's no reason that your logic wouldn't also tell you that you should put like Ajax and soft scrub and bleach and every other poison in your house into a bowl. So I would highly suggest, hiding those stuff I go into our bathrooms all the time and I find like random stuff on the floor that they mix together with slime like toothpaste I don't have any shaving cream anymore that's why I look like this Um, and the reality is that kids will put anything into slime uh, and there are lots of people kind of telling them what to put in slime so we looked through and uh, kind of looked at the most common ingredients that were causing the contact dermatitis. Again, fragrances, MCI, propylene glycol, cocamidopropyl betaine, formaldehydes, and paraben mixes. And these are things that are um, very commonly patch tested for. We don't patch test most people because a lot of this is just irritant. Uh, and so you're not going to get positive patch testing. But if it's persistent, it's super itchy, um, definitely consider um, patch testing. Um, And then uh, these uh, preservatives were found to actually be in a bunch of the most commercially available glues. Okay, so this is different. So this is a child who um, has a really, really severe diaper dermatitis, but when you look at it, it's not actually a dermatitis. This skin looks like it basically just died. So the top of the skin looks burnt or crusted, um, and this is a mimicker of child abuse. It's actually really hard to dip someone in really boiling hot water in this exact pattern. You'd have to like be a little bit of a contortionist to do that. Um, and, uh, but it is very geometric, and it really looks like burnt skin. And the question is, which of the following caused this eruption? Cool. Um, Child abuse, if you answer child abuse for something, you're always right to think of it. If you are worried about child abuse or if you think child abuse is a potential problem, you should definitely think about it and you should definitely try to convince yourself that it's either is or is not or whether they need more of a workup. Child abuse is always reasonable to think about. This actually turns out to be Senna. So it turns out that if you want a stool soften someone and then they're going to poop in um, a toilet, that's totally fine because they pass the poop on and the Senna doesn't touch their skin. But if they're going to poop in a diaper and then sit in the diaper for the next like four to eight hours or 15 if they're sleeping a really long night, it causes a really severe irritant contact dermatitis. Um, and again, it is a mimicker of uh, child abuse. So these were laxative-induced dermatitis. They all look the same. They look like a burn in the skin, but it's a burn that's focused around the perianal area. Um, Again, you're kind of pooping out the chemical. As long as you poop in a toilet, it's fine, but if you give someone a a stool softener, excuse me, um, that's, um, oh, that doesn't go back. Uh, That is they're then pooping in Uh, it can taste uh, it can um, taste gross. That's true of all poop Um, But it can also cause a contact dermatitis Um, Laxatives used to and maybe still come in these little chocolate squares They look like candy to children and sometimes they just eat them and sometimes they're really getting these things um, uh, um, By mouth on purpose Um, there are a couple more. This is the last duplicate from yesterday But um, another thing that I think is really important because it gets underrepresented So this is a geometric reaction uh, that happened in the past 12 hours, what is the most likely cause? Awesome. so this actually is from ice uh, this is called the salt ice challenge um, kids do really dumb stuff it's like apparently a part of growing up I think I was a part of that I mean we used to like hold our breath and then pass out which probably killed a lot of brain cells um, but uh, this is one of the things that children do now you put uh, salt on the skin and then you take ice and you can cause really impressive burns in the skin um, there was a child in our area who was doing this who kind of carried the diagnosis of porphyria um, he did not have porphyria there were no labs for porphyria. porphyria, his biopsy wasn't porphyria, um, but what he ended up having was a burn from him putting salt and ice on his skin as a challenge or a way to get out of school. Again, kids do really dumb stuff. The salt ice challenge is usually teenagers. They are not going to tell you that they're doing it because they don't want to tell their parents that they're doing it because they're then going to get yelled at, Um, but it causes really weird, bizarre geometric patterns, uh, and kids challenge each other to do it. The most common challenge is you put salt in your hands and then you grab ice cubes and you see how long you can hold them before you get your like third degree burns on your hands that's dumb Um, but kids do it uh, um, fairly frequently um, other challenges, again, these are from yesterday. This is the Kylie Jenner challenge. Um, when your parents tell you that you know, if you keep doing something, it's going to stay that way, that's actually true. Um, so if you suck your lips into a bottle, you can cause lymphatic damage and they can stay that way. Um, Tide made pods that look like candy. So there's now the Tide Pod challenge to see if you can eat Tide Pods. Don't do that. It kills almost everyone. So the people who win lose because they're not around anymore. Um, so uh, people do all sorts of crazy stuff. This is my um, uh, second favorite kind of dermatitis that happens. So um, when you have a butt dermatitis that's out of the blue, um, it's not going to be eczema. Eczema really doesn't like hot, humid environments. It doesn't really like the armpit. It certainly doesn't like the nose, because the nose is like the world's supply of sebum. You can't unmoisturize your nose. It's always oily. Um, and the butt is usually uh, somewhat moisturized also, or at least humid, so you don't get a lot of eczema there. So then you have to figure out what's touching your butt when you're not wearing any clothing, and there's a very short list of those things. And the major thing is a toilet seat, all right? So you um, theoretically take your underwear down when you're going to the bathroom and you sit on a toilet seat. And if someone has put a fancy toilet seat out or washed your toilet seat with something that shouldn't touch your skin, it can cause a really impressive skin eruption. So this is irritant dermatitis from uh, Lysol or Clorox wipes. This definitely you have seen, there is no doubt We see it multiple times a day. People can come in for like a mole check, and they'll be like, by the way, I have butt eczema. And you're like, that's not a thing. Um, But you're probably washing with Lysol or Clorox wipes. Um, and basically they leave a residue on the toilet seat and if you have super OCD parents who are wiping the toilet seat over and over because like dad's peeing on it and the three-year-old's potty training that never happened in our house um, but basically uh, you can end up uh, causing a lot of dermatitis it says very specifically on the wipe thing to never use it on the skin but like I don't know how the correlation happened like if you're gonna wipe a toilet seat on it and then you're gonna sit on it a few seconds later it's definitely getting on the skin especially little children Children who are on the butt on the excuse me, on the toilet seat and they're like sitting around like wiggling around. They're just rubbing their butt all over the toilet seat. <laughs> all right, there's another child with um, uh, toilet seat dermatitis, a little bit more vague. But if you look, it's still the same pattern. There's very little that's touching this kind of like U-shape or oval shape on, uh, on the skin and not affecting the kind of central area where you're usually not touching the toilet seat nearly as much. Um, Wood toilet seats, if you live in 1962, they used to make Japanese lacquer toilet seats and um, they were very cool. Most of those have been phased out. Most toilet seats are not the actual problem. But children have all these baby toilet seats. So you have like the Elmo potty that you pick up with the two handles that's nice and soft and squishy. Um, That has dyes in it. And then there's polyurethane in the foam. There are lots of things you can get allergic to in kind of like non-traditional toilet seats. So be aware of that. But dermatitis um, in children is really, really common also. And it's something that you don't wanna put potent topical steroids on for a long period of time because you're gonna get stretch marks from that. You really wanna take away the cause for it. Um, another common one that happens in children is actually car seat dermatitis so uh, car seats are made of a fabric that you can pretty much do anything to and it'll still be okay all right so basically uh, if you've had children and they've had like a poop explosion in a car seat you can basically pick the car seat up tip it over wipe it off with a baby wipe put it back in the car and it's totally fine that's not a fabric that's naturally occurring there's stuff in there okay so whatever the preservative is that makes it fire retardant and puke retardant and poop retardant, kids get irritated by. Um, and this has gotten a little bit better. The, the car seat manufacturers have gotten a little bit smarter. Um, but uh, a few years ago, this was a huge epidemic. But if you see dermatitis that is very exuberant, very recalcitrant to topical steroids, and only on the outside of the arms, bless you, the outside of the legs and like the back of the head are only the areas that are touching a car seat, Think about the car seat. Super easy to fix. You get a car seat cover that's like, you know, one of the that's meant for the car seat that doesn't sacrifice the safety of the car seat, um, and make sure they're kind of not touching this fabric. FYI, it's not only car seats that are made out of this fabric. It's baby chairs. Um, what a lot of really smart parents do, especially with the second child, is they just take the kid's clothing off completely, except for the diaper. They put them in the baby chair, and they're like, OK, go to town with spaghetti, because it doesn't matter. You're not wearing clothing. Um, the problem with that is then the whole entire child's body is touching this fabric in a, in a um, high chair. Um, car seat dermatitis, uh, very, very itchy. Okay, six-year-old black dot on the face. Um, This is poison ivy that gets oxidized to the skin. And when poison ivy gets oxidized to the skin, it turns black. This is black dot poison ivy, and black dot poison ivy looks horrific. It looks like there should be something really wrong with this person, and it takes a couple of days for them to form an inflammatory response. But 48 hours later, she actually goes from a happy face. This is like she's like, I don't really care, I'm here, to frowny face. Um, And frowny face is because she got a lot of poison ivy on her face, and poison ivy on the face in children causes a tremendous amount of edema. So this is another child with poison ivy on their face. What every non dermatology person was going to do when they look at this, like all the pediatricians and family practice are going to be like, we were taught that if it's yellow crusting, it's infection. Okay, awesome. If you have impetigo and you leak out yellow staph colored uh, fluid, it's going to look yellow crusted on the skin but any serum that leaks out to the skin is gonna look a little yellow and is going to crust. So all this is is serum that dried onto the skin and the blister could have been from anything. You can leak out bullous pemphigoid serum and dry it to the skin and it's gonna look yellow. Um, and this is all just kind of all these tiny microvesicles from this child. She was hiding in poison ivy um, and she um, uh, dipped her entire face in it. She was admitted to the emergency room with bilateral periorbital cellulitis. Um, this happens all the time that is not a diagnosis, okay? So if you have a very broad edema of the face, it's almost always gonna be an allergy and not an infection unless they're super, super sick. Uh, This is poison ivy on the back, um, and the pediatrician was like, they definitely could not have possibly done this to themselves. I don't remember if I actually put the picture in here. So I had her put her hands on her back and said, can you scratch your back? And she went like this, and I was like, well, there it is. There are your perfect finger markings. She gets poison ivy on her back. She kind of puts her hands on her back. She's got nice finger markings on here. It's geometric. It's linear. It's out of the blue. It's super itchy. It's poison ivy. You can even see some of it oxidized to the skin here, so there are these little oxidized dots on there um, and that is the actual resin um, uh, oxidized to the skin um, so contact allergies mimic infections uh, when you see contact allergies they're acute they're red they're swollen sometimes kids will complain of a little bit of pain because their face is so swollen um, but cellulitis is truly painful if you pounded your finger on this or tapped on it um, this child is screaming crying because this is so painful it's bright red and usually doesn't have the same kind of like yellow crusting on top of it or those tiny little spongiotic vesicles uh, this is usually in more of an underneath the skin process. When in doubt, cellulitis matters a ton more. If you're not sure whether it's cellulitis or contact dermatitis, treat it for cellulitis and see how it goes. No one dies from contact dermatitis, almost. Um, I had an ER doctor who told me that he had a child who um, put the poison IV vines on a log onto a fire, inhaled it, and actually did die. Um, and that, but that is extraordinarily unlikely. Cellulitis can be um, more dangerous. So when in doubt, treat for cellulitis. Um, Okay, atopic dermatitis. If you have an itchy child and you've been to the dermatology office multiple times and we keep giving you topical steroids and moisturizers and we keep telling you you're just not moisturizing well enough, what parents are going to do is they're going to Google what they can do for their kids with atopic dermatitis and they're going to come up with essential oils. Essential oils are um, probably have some properties that really help some things, but it's very nebulous what those are and often in atopic dermatitis, because you have broken skin and you're putting something on that's uh, um, uh, got some contact allergy producing properties, you can get allergic to them. So tea tree oil is a classic contact allergy. People get allergic to it all the time. Balsam of Peru, people get allergic to all the time. Lavender actually has a little bit of data to cause precocious puberty. Um, I saw a kid about three months ago who was actually starting to develop at the age of two, and mom was using lavender on her twice a day, every day, as her moisturizer. There are real properties to these things. It's not just because it's over the counter, it's completely fine. Um, So you have to be careful with what people are putting on their skin. Ask about essential oils. People love essential oils. I'm sure in a couple years, all the three-year-olds are going to be high from the CBD oil that they're being put on. CBD oil is going to be like a panacea for everything like gluten-free diets etc Um, and maybe it'll help something but it probably won't help everything all right Um, This is a, a study kind of looking at essential oils and looking at all the different things that people used Lavender was number one tea tree oil peppermint eucalyptus lemon These are all the things that are in plants people get allergic to plants all the time and that is contact dermatitis So just be aware of the extra things people are putting on their children with atopic dermatitis That being said just to like defend these things also There are some really good properties to coconut oil. There are some really good properties to sunflower seed oil safflower seed oil Um, So I think we just need to kind of have the uh, medical field kind of clarify which ones are good, which ones are bad, and in what situation you want to use different things. All right, so again, patch test to um, to essential oils. I um, was pretty sure that I was going to uh, escape essential oils completely, um, and I was also pretty sure I was never going to put a picture of my own bathroom in a talk, Um, but this is my own bathroom with a diffuser. Just in case you didn't know what a diffuser is, that's what it does. It's a big pot of essential oils with sticks in it that allow the the stuff to come out. It smells amazing, but if you're highly allergic to fragrances and you walk into this bathroom, you're going to get more itchy, Um, so just be aware of that with essential oils. Okay, so three-year-old with atopic dermatitis, what is your plan? Baby, baby, it looks like it's gonna hail. Baby, baby, it looks like it's gonna hail. Cool. I would culture this child for bacteria also, and they're probably carrying staph bacteria. It's very reasonable to do the other things. They're just not round, and they're not eroded as much as um, herpes would be or enterovirus would be. But this could have been any infection uh, um, somewhere else on the body. The reality is this is only on this child's face and only on their neck, um, which is just an unusual pattern. Uh, And when you culture it, it's all negative. And so why does it look like this why is there serum dried to the top of the skin because if you look at a biopsy of allergic contact dermatitis which is what this child has it's got all these little vesicles here when this vesicle gets scratched and breaks to the surface it's going to release all of this little serum there it's going to dry to the skin and it's going to look yellow encrusted uh, because that's what serum looks like on the top of the skin so allergic contact dermatitis also mimics infection because of the yellow encrusting when in doubt culture totally reasonable this child certainly could have some bacteria on top of it so how does this child get their contact dermatitis they often get it from parents Um, I had a child who came actually from another part of the country uh, and had been worked up for a lot of different things for the dermatitis that they had on both of their cheeks Um, and the child had an autism spectrum disorder and was being held a lot even though they were six or seven years old and the reality is if you have a dermatitis on your cheeks uh, and it's very consistent it might be from something that someone else is spraying on themselves so if you think about Uh, grandma comes over grandmas like to smell amazing I think my my grandmother goes through a bottle of perfume like every day she's like 96 um, so whatever Uh, and she sprays it on her shoulder and then if she were holding a baby she's basically spraying perfume on a baby because the baby's rubbing their face into her Um, So you have to think about not only things that are going directly on the child, but the things that are on the parents So what is mom or dad moisturizing their hands with? What did dad dye his hair with if he has like long hair and he's in like kiss? Um, So if you have something that might be touching the the baby You have to think about all the other things that might not be directly being put on the baby But might be actually um, touching them through the parents Cool right seven-year-old is a classic story this is probably if it hasn't happened to you probably will happen to you you did a biopsy seven days later mom calls and says oh my gosh it's infected and it looks terrible and you bring the child in and they're in no pain but it's super itchy and you can see the perfect outline of like where the bandage has been there's like this square outline and what we know looking at this is it doesn't really look infected it doesn't look good it looks kind of um, lousy in the center but it doesn't look infected it looks like it um, this child's allergic to something so what did they put on their wound what everyone does um, who's not in a dermatology practice is they go home and they put neomycin on their wounds so neomycin is a topical antibiotic ointment that kids get allergic to all the time if you put neomycin on something that you think is infected and it starts looking worse what you do because it's super rational is you take single antibiotic ointment and instead of doing that you do triple antibiotic ointment or double antibiotic ointment and you just put more of the same stuff on except you add bacitracin and bacitracin is a common contact allergen also. So infected wounds a few days later, um, you know, you can infect a shave biopsy, it is physically possible, but it's really unlikely. Um, And so what we do with shave biopsies in normal hosts is we just put petroleum jelly on them, because you're uh, um, just as likely to get a contact dermatitis as you are to prevent an infection. uh, And it's just not worth putting neomycin on these. Um, the child also got a really widespread rash and mom's like oh my gosh the infection is spreading everywhere and what this is is an id reaction this is a really good picture of an id an id is this tiny tiny little bumps that are all over the body because you're getting super allergic to something in one place and your whole body decides to get into it um, by uh, becoming allergic all over the place if you treat the kind of primary focus and get this contact dermatitis to get better the rest of it kind of melts away with topical steroids and, and IDs kind of usually get better uh, with the primary thing getting better all right so this is uh, kind of more talk about um, uh, parents and kind of what they put on themselves Um, it's called connubial contact dermatitis when you have parents who are putting things on themselves and then they're by accident getting on the child Um, there are lots of things that can do this I would think about fragrances I would also think about hair dye Um, one of the most common uh, and severe contact allergies is paraphenylene diamine paraphenylene diamine or PPD is in a lot of hair dye if you're going to dye your hair dark um, brown or black it almost always has Paraphenylenediamine in it, um, and that is a really, really potent allergen. So be aware of that if, if um, parents are dying their hair. Um, Other sources of fragrance, uh, kids like to smell amazing. If you turn on the TV or if you uh, turn on your phone or if you look in social media, you get ads all the time telling you how to look amazing and how to smell amazing. And it turns out if you smell amazing, you're supposed to have like this phenomenal response of like people chasing you because you smell so amazing. Um, And Tag and Axe now have like a million flavors. There's Old Spice, there are all these other things that are marketed towards people. Um, TAG and axe are actually, um, just for um, a word to the wise, They are actually butane plus fragrance. um, So you also shouldn't stand next to a fire because you might spontaneously combust. You're like, oh my gosh, you're on fire. I think they, you know. um, And this is what people see. Like, if I were a 12-year-old boy and there was any chance that this would happen, I would totally do this, Okay, (laughs) I tried it. It didn't work. um, And so I moved on. But um, this is a really compelling ad to young males. And there's no chance that they're not going to try this. I totally get that this is like heteronormative. I apologize. but it's the ad that I could find. Um, allergic contact dermatitis in children, very much more common than previously thought. Definitely be aware of how they can get exposed to allergens. It's not just stuff that's going on their skin. They're touching it, it's all over. Um, and then natural products are not necessarily just benign. They are things you also can get allergic to, and maybe even at a higher level because they're natural. So, all right, thank you.